They are good. I've got to finish it now, sorry. Would that be too much? <laughs> mm. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Um, just very quickly, I've got about 100 and something of these things. These are what we print up um, at the start of the year, six months of just our, our prayer nights, something like that. They're about to finish. So I thought, instead of throwing them in the bin, they're all magnetic, which is pretty cool. If you want to, um, someone take them and put them on the table or something. Take as many as you want, because you could stick a family photo on them or something and stick it on your fridge or something like that, you see. Don't want to waste them. They're cool magnets. But So what am I going to do? I'm just going to leave them here, right? They're going to be down here. So feel free to take them rather than throw them out. They're magnetic, so you can stick magnetic-type things on them and uh, do what you want with them. Right here, let's pray. Lord, thank you for um, your presence with us this morning. God, thank you for, um, Lord, your word. Now, Lord, I pray right now, God, as we open it up this morning, that, Father, you would open our hearts, you would open our minds, Lord, to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to say to each one of us this morning, God. And, uh, Lord, we, Father, put down our own preconceived ideas, we put down our own perspectives, God. And we just say, Lord, would you line our faith up with your character, your nature, and your word? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right now, we've been going through uh, Psalm 103. Uh, if you want to just whack the first couple of verses up there for us on the screen. Psalm 103, it's David stirring himself up and telling himself to remember some things. And it goes like this, David speaking to himself, bless the Lord, O my soul. How many of you know it's easy to tell other people what they should be doing? It's easy to tell other people what they should be focusing on in a bad situation. Stop focusing on it. Stop focusing on it. It's easy. It's easy. Or am I the only one? Well, I find it easy. I'll, I'll put it out. I find it real easy. Natural almost to want to do that. It's harder to remind yourself and say, hey, I'm going to deal with myself. I can fix your life up. I can tell you what to do, what you need to focus on, the changes you need to make. But I've got authority over this. So David's going, you know what, I'm in a bit of a situation here. And for whatever reason, we don't know what was happening. He's saying, I'm going to remind myself of a couple of things about God. I'm going to remind myself of some of the benefits of being a disciple of Jesus, being somebody that follows God. And so, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. In verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So the last few weeks, we've started to go on a little bit of a journey through these benefits that David talks about. And I'm not going to go over it all, but if you go back on iTunes, if you haven't heard the first few weeks, the last three weeks on our iTunes um, <coughs> podcast page thing, um, you'll find those first three messages there. With All we've dealt with is the very first part, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. And we've looked at forgiveness for about three weeks. It was not an exhaustive um, outline of the issue on topic of forgiveness. We just touched on some stuff. I'm not trying to, to cover every aspect of all these benefits. We're just touching on some things that I believe are relevant to us as a church and as the people of God. And so we spent a few weeks looking at who forgives all your iniquities. Now we come to probably the most divisive and difficult of the benefits that David mentions in these first five verses to deal with. Go back. 
who what? Heals what? All your what? Diseases. Who heals all your diseases. Now it's easy for me to believe the first part of that verse. Forgives all your iniquities or forgives all your sins. Who finds it easy? Might be a bit difficult, but it's very comprehensible for you that God could forgive all of your sins. Who finds that easy to believe? That, that the God that we worship can forgive all sin. Paul does. Anybody else? Yeah, Daniel. Yeah, okay, there's a few of us here. That's good. It's easy for me to latch onto that first bit and amen it and high five everybody in the room again. Forgives all your sins. I can sit and talk to somebody who is 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 dealing with something really terrible they've done. I remember uh, on on a on a a boat trip once to the Solomon Islands just after the Civil War broke out, and we were I took an outreach team from the island of uh, Guadalcanal across to Malaita. And the, the civil war between them was between the Malaitans and the Guadalcanal people. Cut a long story short, they went helter-skelter on each other and started killing each other in the streets, machetes the works. And this really happy, vibrant nation became a very sad nation in a short period of time with everybody looking over their shoulder because in tribal culture, if you've done wrong by me, there will be justice that will come your way eventually. You better watch your back because I'm going to get you. And I remember one of our team members sitting on a boat talking to this guy and explaining to him that God can forgive everything you've ever done. And this guy looked at him and said, no, he can't. You don't understand. And the guy said, no, you don't understand. God can forgive every sin. Then this young island boy looked up at him with a tear in his eye and said, no, you don't understand. I've got blood on my hands. During the Civil War, he had literally taken physical life. But the beautiful thing is that this team member was able to go, no, 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 you don't understand. Jesus dealt with that 2,000 years ago on the cross and was able to share with him the forgiveness of God. And I believe it's easy to comprehend that he forgives all iniquity. When we get to the second part of it, it's a little more difficult. Or is that just me again? Now, if it said he heals some of your diseases, I'd be okay with that. I'd probably go, yeah, well, it doesn't tell me which one, so I'll pick and choose. But David makes this bold declaration, he heals all your diseases. All your diseases. Now when I say that to you, every one of us in this room think this, if he heals all, then what about? And you can fill in the blank. If he heals all, what about Arnie Bertha? Or what about cousin John? If he heals all, what about Billy Graham? If he heals all, what about, again, am I the only person? David says he heals all your diseases. Matthew chapter 17, if you can go there with me. Matthew chapter 17, we've got a story of the disciples praying for a young boy. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 to 20. Maybe you can bring it up on the screen there. Matthew 17, verse 14 to 20. It says this, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. 
If you go back to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, it's very clear that these same disciples who struggled to cure this boy were given power and authority by Jesus to heal sickness and cast out demonic spirits. So in Matthew 10, they're given something by God. They're given power and authority to deal with situations like this. Matthew 17, they're in the midst of it. They have power. They have authority. But guess what? Nothing happened. Anyone else relate to that? Can anybody in this room tell me that you know you have power and authority? You know you're filled with the Spirit of God. You know we serve a supernatural God. But you've prayed for people and nothing happened. Am I the only one in the church? I can relate to this. You know, I've prayed for people and I've seen miracles. I've seen signs, wonders, seen all kinds of things happen. But I've also prayed for people and felt like nothing happened. I'm sure something happened, but not what I thought was going to happen. And they passed on from this life. We had a a, a lady, a friend of Jackie's recently as a church that we all prayed for. And we were praying specifically, we wanted to see her healed physically of cancer. She didn't get healed of cancer, praise God. She was healed of the biggest uh, sickness, and that was her sin. She bowed her knee to Jesus before she died, and we'll see Michelle in heaven. She'll be up there, and, and praise God for that. That's the ultimate healing. But it doesn't detract from the fact that we have power and authority. We've been commissioned by God to go into all the world, preach the gospel, pray for the sick, bring healing and deliverance, and yet we prayed for this woman, and it didn't happen. Not the physical healing. Yet David's here going, but he can cure all diseases. He can cure all diseases. This is not the only time in the Bible where this question pops to mind. I'll give you a few more verses that I read in the Bible that makes me look at that verse and go, this is hard to understand. It's hard to fathom. In 1 Timothy 5.23, listen to what Paul the Apostle says to Timothy, a young pastor, a man of God, a man in relationship with God, a man filled with the Spirit. And look what he says to him. He says, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake in your frequent infirmities. This is Paul the Apostle who wrote two-thirds of the letters that we have gathered and bound together in what we call the New Testament, written by this man called Paul. He, he saw the dead raised, the sick healed. He saw all kinds of miracle signs and wonders. Yet here he is writing to Timothy and he's saying to Timothy, you've got frequent stomach problems. Have a bit of wine. How many of you are sitting here going, oh, praise God, I'm going straight up. I've got a stomach problem. Love, give me a bottle. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying go excessive. But the point is this, why didn't he say, just by his stripes you healed Timothy, claim a healing? Why didn't he say that? I don't know. But what I do know is here's Paul, filled with authority, power, knows the stuff, but for whatever reason, couldn't lay hands on Timothy and see him healed of whatever this stomach infirmity was. I don't get it. But it's here, and the Holy Spirit wanted me to see it. That's why he moved upon Paul to write in this letter to Timothy and for it to be bound together in what we call the Bible. He wants me to see that. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 20, Paul speaks about this man called Trophimus. And here's what he says. He says, Erastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I have left in my lettuce sick. So Trophimus sees this guy that's traveling with Paul. And he becomes sick. 
Why didn't Paul say, I just laid my hands on him and said, in the name of Jesus, why didn't he say, by his stripes you're healed, it's a covenant promise, you should just get up and believe God and trust God. But he left him there sick. Why? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is this, the Holy Spirit put it in the book and wanted me to read that. He wants me to know that this happened. It seems like an innocuous statement. Why put it there? I mean, you could leave it out. But he wanted us to sit here in 2019 in Arise Church and he wants me to bring this to your attention. I don't want to ignore the hard stuff in the Bible and pretend it's not there. Nobody grows in faith like that. We, just do, we develop doctrines of denial. But yet this same God heals all diseases. Tilt, tilt. It's messing with me. Paul. Paul insinuates a possible sickness being the reason why he ended up amongst the Galatians. Paul writes this letter called Galatians in the New Testament. He writes a letter to the churches in Galatia. And when he's writing in this letter, he explains to them a a possible reason how he ended up there in the first place to preach with them. Watch what he says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. He says, you know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. In other words, I ended up in amongst you people because I was crook. Now, you, you, you study um, the geography of Galatia. Galatia is kind of a higher altitude region. And a lot of theologians say that whatever he had, he was taken up there because the higher altitude took pressure off this issue, this problem, and he was able to heal better in a higher altitude. Is it true or not? I don't know. I wasn't there, but this is, this is what, what you'll find if you study and you look at the history and the context of some of this stuff. But we don't really know. All I know is this. The Holy Spirit put that in there because he wanted me to know it. It says that, you know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my trial, which was in my flesh. He's saying it was in my flesh. It was something in me. You didn't despise or reject. You received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Is he saying that he had an infirmity, a sickness, and it was possibly something to do with the eyes? And so he had to go to a higher altitude for whatever reason. Maybe there were some herbs up there. I don't know. But he said, when I got there, you, you actually treated me like an angel of God. By the way, back in, in, in a lot of the cultures of this day, uh, if you were sick, it was considered a curse from God himself. And that's why he's saying, I'm amazed you received me. Because according to your background and culture, you could have rejected me and said, well, you're in this situation because you've been cursed of God. But you didn't. And he says, you know what, you were so friendly to me and you were so nice to me. I've got no doubt if you could, you would have plucked your own eyes out and put them in my head. Why is that there? I don't know. I don't know. But it looks to me like a classic case of, you know, God takes all things and works it together for the good of those that love him. Maybe God took this sickness, took this ailment, and and he went up there and God said, I'm not going to waste this moment in your life. I'm still going to do something great. He went up to Galatia and goes, hey, here's a bunch of people that don't know Jesus. So I'm just going to start talking. In the midst of my sickness, in the midst of my infirmity, whatever, I'm going to start talking. But it brings back the question, but come on, God. I mean, here's a guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Here's a guy that probably saw more miracles than, uh, apart from Jesus Christ himself. There are more recorded miracles here through this guy. And yet there seems to be this question mark around at different times. He's a man with authority and power, just like these disciples. In Matthew 10, we've got power and authority, then all of a sudden we can't heal this guy. 
Yet David says he heals all of our diseases. But we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. My experience tells me that not everybody I've prayed for has been healed, but does that mean God is not a healer? Do I build doctrines and base my faith on my own personal experiences in life? Or do I have the word of God for a reason? See, what we, what we do is this. We feel the need when we pray for someone it doesn't happen. I feel like there's this need inside of us to understand why it didn't happen. And so we need understanding, we need an explanation or a justification as to why something didn't happen. And when we seek this understanding, this explanation, this justification, when we're not careful, we end up building doctrines around, an ex- around a justification or an explanation or an understanding that we had to have, whether it be true or not. And we build doctrines around these things and we come up with all kinds of loopy things when it comes to this issue of physical healing. Signs, wonders, miracles, call it what you want. And we get twisted and we get out of kilt with some of our ideas about healing. And the problem is that when we seek too much to justify why something didn't happen, we'll end up coming up with a lowest common denominator and then we'll build a doctrine around the lowest common denominator. And usually, usually the lowest common denominator means this. It's completely God's fault or completely up to God and has nothing to do with us. That's easy. But I'm stuck with the question. If it's just about God, God, why did you give these disciples power and authority to do that job in the first place? Why give it to them? If it's all about you, God, and there's no part for us in this, it's just random chance, why give this power and authority to people? You're just setting us up for failure and disappointment, are you not? Why give it to us in the first place? Well, it's because he wants us to go into all the world. He wants us to preach forgiveness of sins to all the world. He wants us to pray for the sick and see healing throughout the world. He wants us to take authority over demonic situations in all the world. And he's given us the tools and the authority and the power to do that. But it doesn't always come to pass. And that's the battle. That's the wrestle that we have. We can deny it and just put all those things in the too hard basket and just soldier on and be one of these people that walk around with snot coming out your nose and your eyes all gone and twisted and bent and sore going, why stripes I'm healed? Why stripes I'm healed? I remember when we came back from India years ago when we first, first um, uh, were over there and I was preaching in a, a church in Bundaberg and I went to this church and I was preaching and I, I, threw a, I posed, I guess, a similar question to this. I said, you know, one of my problems with, the, with just, just randomly grabbing one verse and going, well, by stripes I'm healed and that's all there is to it, with no understanding or, or anything about that context or anything. And, and I, I said, I'm in this church here and I'm saying to people, you know, you're saying all these claims about God, but your life is different. In other words, by stripes I'm healed, but you're coughing and spluttering and carrying on and you've been like this for six months. You're over here going, my God supplies all my needs, but your fridge is covered in bills that you cannot get on top of. And we don't want to ask the hard question, why? We don't want to look at the situation and go, well, hang on a second, God, is there something that you would like to show us? 
Is there something you'd like to teach us? Is there somewhere you would like to take my faith to help make sense of all of this stuff? Is there a place in which I can grow in my faith? And in growing in my faith, become more available to be used by you in these different areas. You know what was funny? At the end of that service, all these people came up to me, one by one, away from everybody else. It was amazing. Nobody wanted to say it in front of somebody else. But they'd come up and go, you know, I'm glad you said that because I think the same thing too. I mean, you know, I am claiming by stripes I'm healed to everybody, but you know, I'm really struggling. I'm sick. and I'm... It's like I wonder sometimes whether God's sitting up there going, well, by stripes you're healed. You're sick as a dog, but you're saying that's healed. Okay, well, what do you want me to do then? You tell me you're healed. Or would you like my intervention? Would you like me to come? Would you like me to come and do something in your body? And would you like me to come and do something in this, in this place of needs in your life? Or do you just want to keep saying, oh, my needs, you know, God supplies all my needs, supplies all my needs. Look, if things aren't happening, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to allow your faith to be challenged and allow your faith to be stirred up. At the end of the day, David believed that God was a healing God. And I want to say this, I believe 100% God is a healing God. 100% I believe that God is a healing God and I believe that the power of God is present and available to us to reach out and to receive healing. But I also acknowledge the reality on the other side of the fence that it doesn't always happen. I don't know why. But I'm not going to deny one side of the fence for the sake of lifting up the other one. I don't know why. But I look at the Bible and I try to find in, in the pages of the Word of God and the character and nature of God, God, help me understand this issue because I, need, I want to understand this so I can grow in faith. So I can go forward in this area and be more productive in this area. These disciples, they actually believed that this boy was going to be healed. I believe that, otherwise why would they have prayed for him? When their father came and said, would you pray for my son? Why would they have laid hands and prayed for him if they didn't actually think that he was going to be healed? They believed, they're just like you and me. They believed they had faith. God is a healer. They believed that they could lay hands on the sick and they could recover. They laid hands on this boy, but nothing happened. Jesus comes down the hill. What did Jesus do? Healed the boy. Now, this messes with my head. Okay, Jesus, so it was the will of God to heal the boy. But they couldn't do it. Tilt, tilt. Jesus comes down and heals the boy. I don't get it. Help me, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. Take me on a journey in this area of healing. Because I believe in a healing God. And I believe that he has answers. And I believe that he wants to speak and he wants to show us things. See, we're not going down this forget not his benefits path just because I think it would be a great series of things to preach on. Here's what I feel in my spirit. That it's about time that we rose up and realized that we are a supernatural people. We're not just a gathering of people who were once on their way to an eternity, perhaps separated from God. Now we've come to faith and we believed God and we got forgiveness of sins and now we're just going to be the same people until the day we die and go to heaven. Something changed on the inside of me. Doors opened up to me. I have access to things now because of my relationship with God that I never had before. So I don't want to live my life with the same mentality, the same view, the same perspectives, the same everything after coming to faith as I did before I came to faith. I think that's not right. So I feel like God's saying to us, stir yourselves up and start living like the supernatural people that I see you to be. 
You don't have to understand everything. You don't have to know how everything works. But let's start moving in some of these things that God has for us. I don't want to stop believing in healing just because someone didn't get healed. To stop believing in healing because someone didn't get healed is like stopping believing in salvation because someone didn't say yes to Jesus when I I spoke to them. Who in this room would do that? You share your faith with somebody and they don't get saved and so you go, oh, I don't believe in salvation anymore. I don't believe that people can get made right with God anymore because they say, we don't, but healing. We pray for someone, it doesn't happen. We justify, we come up with reasons, excuses, whatever. We've got to understand it all. Sometimes you just simply don't, but then we go, well, it doesn't work anymore. So we start believing the lie of the enemy, that the power of God is gone, that God doesn't heal the sick anymore. And we stop operating in that part of God. We stop operating in that part of the Holy Spirit that is part of our call as a church. Preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. It's all wrapped up in the one commission that Jesus gave us. We're good on the talking side. Let's talk to people about Jesus. I want to stir us up and go, you know what? It's not just a matter of words. The kingdom of God is not just a matter of words, but it's power as well. And we need to rise up in the power of God, and it starts by beginning to believe and beginning to activate that stuff on the inside of us. Whether I like it or not, I do play a little bit of a part in the process. Let me ask you a question. What is faith? Faith in its simplest form is a conviction of the truthfulness of something. That's what faith is. It's a conviction of the truthfulness of something. So when I put faith in God, it's a conviction of the truthfulness of God, his character, who he is, what he says. That's what faith is. Faith is a conviction of the truthfulness about a particular thing. You know, some of us have allowed our experiences and other voices, and maybe, here's the thing with the Christian church, we love to do something, and then it works or it doesn't work, then we work out why it worked or we work out why it didn't work, then we write a book about it, then we do a Bible study series about it, then we do a world tour preaching about it, and before you know it, we're all going, I don't know what I believe anymore. Because I've got this world-renowned preacher over here telling me that God no longer heals the sick, and he's pretty brainy and pretty smart. But then I've got this world-renowned guy over here saying that God does, and this guy's saying God heals everybody, and if you're not healed, it's because you haven't got enough faith. And then I've got this world-renowned guy over here, best-selling New York Times author, writing a book saying, well, it doesn't really matter what you do. If God wants to heal, he will. And all this stuff is flying around in the church, and we end up getting paralyzed, not knowing what's true. What's true? What do we do? Let's strip all the fat away. Why don't we just do what Jesus said? Good place to start. And Jesus said, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, now freely give away. Is that a good starting point? Faith. Faith is a conviction of the truthfulness of something. And when I pray for someone and they don't get healed, here's the problem. Here's the problem. By finding, uh, having to have an explanation or a justification for why that didn't happen, what happens is my brain begins to direct itself down a particular path. And that's, it's basically faith. No, nobody in this room, by the way, has, has no faith. You've all got faith. It's just, where are you directing your faith? Everyone in this room is full of faith. But what pathway does your faith go down? You're full of faith. I didn't see any one of you walk in this room, put a measuring rod on any of those chairs. And I watched you when you walked in this morning. You did not put a measuring rod on those chairs. You didn't put a 100 kilo dumbbell on that chair to make sure that it wasn't going to fall under you when you sat down on it. You just plumped your bottom on it. That's faith. You took faith. Why? Because your brain's already gone down a pathway and made its mind up. Those chairs can hold my body weight. So you just acted on that and you sat down. Don't tell me that people don't have faith. 
It's just where is our faith directed? Down what pathway is our faith directed? And we have experiences when it comes to the healing power of God. And if we're not careful, we allow those experiences to create a pathway and we put our brain down that and we go, that's where my faith is now. And we move away from the word of God. We move away from God teaches. God revealed himself to the nation of Israel in Exodus 15 as I am the Lord who heals. I am a healing God. God is a healing God. Why is everyone not healed? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it all. But what I do know is this, that God is a healing God. We're running out of time here, and I've got so much other stuff here. What I want to do is just ask you, uh, uh, give you one reason why I believe God heals. I want to give you the reason why I believe God heals. I don't believe God heals because he has to. Okay? Now, I know that after this, some of you are probably going to want to jump on me, and that's okay. Just do it one-on-one so other people don't freak out. I'm not going to get into it this week. Maybe next week we might look at it. But I want to say this. God does not heal you because you have a covenant right to healing. Let me ask you a question. If you worked for an employer and you had certain rights in that workplace and one of those rights would benefit you greatly and your employer knew that that right would benefit you greatly in your situation in life but he said, you know what, I'm not going to tell him that. I'm not going to bring that right to his attention. I'm not going to give him the phone number to call. I'm not going to help him down that path. I'm not going to do it unless he finds it out. Unless he can work it out, I'm just going to sit back and deny him that right until he's smart enough to work it out. What would you think of that employer? I wouldn't think much of him. Does that sound like the character and nature of your God? Healing is your right. Everyone's sick in this room right now. It's your right to be healed before God. But you're sick. What do you think about God? If you know it's your right, a right is something that you're entitled to, Correct? You're entitled to it. It's not something you should beg for. You're entitled to this. What do you think about the character and nature of God when it's your right? But he's not releasing healing into your body right now. I don't know about the character and nature of that God. I don't think God heals because he has to. I think God heals because he wants to. I think God heals because he wants to. I'm not going to go through it now, but I want you to go back to your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I want you to have a look at how many times it says Jesus had compassion and he healed the sick. Jesus had compassion and he fed them. He had compassion and he forgave them. He had compassion and he did this and he did that. Think about the parables Jesus taught. The one we looked at last week, Matthew 18. The master and the servant comes to him and owes him a great debt. And what does the master do? The Bible says that the master had compassion on him and released him. What about the prodigal son? Think about the father and the prodigal son. The son goes out, wastes everything, comes home. What does the Bible say? The father saw him coming and the father, what? Had compassion on the son. He had compassion on the son. Jesus healed the sick because he had compassion. God has compassion. I want to say this to every person in this room right now. Here's why I believe that I can receive healing And here's why I believe I can be a vehicle to pass on healing. It's because my God has compassion on humanity. My God has compassion on me. My God has compassion on those around me. 
I don't want to be a believer who goes, well, I'm going to call you God on a right and demand healing. And, 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 and it's a contractual agreement. That's why you have to treat me this way, God, because of a contract. Uh, God deals with me out of his heart for me, which is a heart of compassion. God loves me. God loves me and he loves you. And when I understand that healing comes into my life because of the compassion of God, it opens me up. It bypasses all the doctrines and the theologies and the ideas in my head. I push them aside and I open up my heart and go, God, well, if it's because of compassion, your compassion to me, it doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what I feel. God, I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm going to try to connect with the compassion of God and allow healing to flow into my body. And I'm going to allow the compassion of God to flow through me and I'm going to start praying for other people, not because Jesus commanded me to do it. You know, we've got to do it because Jesus commanded Matthew. To, no, no. Look, he did say it, yes. But everything Jesus did, he did out of compassion. Uh, John chapter 5, Jesus made this incredible statement. He said, The son does nothing of himself but only what he sees the father doing. Jesus saw the father out of compassion healing the multitudes. Jesus saw the Father out of compassion, caring for people. And so Jesus was just a reflection of the Father while he walked the earth. When you look at Jesus, you see the Father God. And he acted and he flowed and he moved out of compassion. The good Samaritan was motivated by compassion. Everybody walked across the other side of the road. What did the Samaritan do? He looked at the man and he had what? Compassion. God heals because he has compassion for us. That's why God heals, because he has compassion on us. He understands that we're dust. He understands that we're imperfect. He understands your struggle. He understands your sin. He understands your weakness. He understands your experiences. He understands your mountaintops. He understands your valleys. He knows all this stuff, and he looks at you, not with judgment, but with eyes and a heart of compassion. And because of that, because of that, he can bring healing into your life. And your attitudes, and doesn't matter what you think. Push it aside and connect with the compassion of God. Because God is a compassionate God. The end of this story, what did the disciples do? Did they get bitter and twisted? Did they, come up with, did they make up a new doctrine? That, okay, Jesus, I know you gave us power and authority, but let's make up a new doctrine. So what exactly does that mean? Um... Maybe it meant just for a short time. Now maybe it's stopped. And so now it's random chance for Jesus. It sounds stupid, but how many of us have done that? Started out our Christian walk, maybe you're really excited about preaching the gospel, then people didn't respond, see, stop. Maybe you're really excited about praying for the sick, didn't see people get healed, see, stop. We give up. We make up doctrines in our head. We take our faith down another pathway. And before you know it, we stop moving in the stuff that we know deep down inside here. We read, we wrestle with, we don't ask the questions. We just come up with theologies and go, well, that's just the way it is. God has never stopped being a healing God. He's never stopped being a healing God. And he's still a healing God today. What did the disciples do? It says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and they said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? I love the question. I love the question. In other words, Jesus, we have power, we have authority. We know that. We're not flinching in that. But I've got a question. 
I prayed for a person and they didn't get healed. Can you minister to me? Can you help me understand that? Because I don't want to build a theology or a doctrine that blocks the power of God moving through me. I want to stay open to it. But Jesus, I do have a question. Can you speak to me? And Jesus gave them an explanation. I don't care what their explanation was for that particular moment with that particular boy. I don't care about what Jesus taught them right there. What I care about is God continue to teach me, continue to expand my faith because I don't want to be one of these people that creates a doctrine that says my God is as natural as you and me. And if we can't do it in my own human strength, neither can God. God just becomes another man-type creature that can't do anything that I read about in the Bible. And all of a sudden, there's this massive disconnect between my faith and what this book talks about because it's another race of people, another God, and another time. I don't want to be like that. They understood they had power and authority. They understood it was right to pray for the sick. They understood that the boy was not healed when they prayed. But they didn't change what they believed to suit the outcome. They asked God to continue to teach them and expand their faith. And I think for each of us here, my encouragement to everybody in this room today is I don't know what you believe about David's statement, who heals all your diseases. I don't know what's in your heart when you read that statement, but I'll guarantee when I first read it, you had questions, you had things. You thought about maybe moments and times where maybe it didn't happen. And maybe those moments and those times have helped shape a little bit of a theology for you. Maybe you've clutched around for an understanding or a justification or a reason, and somehow you've allowed those reasons and justifications to build a pathway in your brain, and you know what ends up happening? Now your mind goes down this path and you begin to develop faith that God doesn't heal anymore, or that God only heals certain types of people or that God only cares for this kind of a person or maybe God only looks after them but God's not that concerned about me God wouldn't heal me my sore back is not a big issue to him uh, but cancer's too big so maybe he just heals things in between I don't know I don't know but if we're going to begin to operate and walk in and become the supernatural people that God wants us to be we've got to not be afraid of these questions amen We can't be people that put our head in the sand and be afraid of asking questions like this. I don't feel like I'm denying the power of God by asking God the question, I don't get it. Matter of fact, I feel like the minute I do that, I'm free to do that. I'm actually free to go to God and say, God, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. God, I don't understand. I'm free to do all of that and God does not hate me for it. God does not hate me for it. In fact, it's the only way I'll grow in my faith. It's the only way I'm going to grow in my faith. So that's just a little bit of a a, a, a little opening for the next few weeks. I want to try to continue to go down this path and have a look at a few uh, areas of healing and so on. So I'm sure you're going to have questions. Feel free to contact me, email me, abuse me, abuse me gently. If you don't agree with me, that's completely fine. But we're going to have a look at this down the track. I want to do something before we finish. I just want to ask one question. Is there anybody here that's sick right now? Anybody sick right now? You've got something physical in your body? Anybody? Nobody. We're all 100% healthy. I'm not. I'm standing up because I've got a bad back at the moment. Anybody else in this room, you've got sickness or something in your body right now that shouldn't be there? Hair loss, maybe. I don't know. Hair loss. Um, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do something. Just stand. We're not going to make this a big deal. But I want you to stand in your seat. If that's you right now, I want you to stand in your seat. I'm not here just to talk about this stuff. Let's start actioning some of this stuff. If you're sick here, stand to your feet. If you're not, I want you to to, to reach out. Just reach your hands out towards anybody that's standing right now. Anyone that's standing right now, reach your hand out towards them. 
Okay? The rest of you are 100% healthy. That's fantastic. Reach your hand out towards those people. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer. Because I actually believe, again, we're not talking about the benefits of God just because it's a great topic. It's been on our heart for a while, and God wants to do something amongst us. He wants to challenge us and change us so that we become the people that we read about. We don't just read the Bible and go, oh, wouldn't it have been great to be there? Those guys should be in heaven looking down at us going, geez, Jesus, I wish you had let us hang around a bit longer because it's awesome down there right now. We wish we were a part of that. So, Father, I want to thank you for your word. God, I want to thank you that, God, we don't understand everything about healing. We don't understand everything about this whole topic. But we do understand one thing, God. You revealed yourself to your people, to the Jewish people. You revealed yourself as the Lord that heals. You said that you are the Lord that heals. God, you didn't say healing was something you did. You said it was part of your nature, part of your fabric, God. Father, we are now your people. God, each one of us here, God, call us Gentiles, grafted in, call us whatever you want. We are now the people that follow the God that heals. And we're asking right now in Jesus' name for healing to flow through every body, every person that's standing right now. God, I pray for healing to flow through their bodies right now in Jesus' name. God, not because we demand it, not because uh, we think we're worthy or we deserve it, but because, Father, I know that you have compassion on us. And so, Lord, we, we call upon you right now in Jesus' name to release healing power into these bodies right now. And, Father, I pray from this moment onwards, as we go forward from here, that, Lord, we would be challenged and stirred in our spirits to step out in faith, God, not to instantly reach for Panadol. Nothing wrong with Panadol. God, not to instantly think of doctors. Not that there's anything wrong with doctors. They're brilliant. But that, God, we would begin to be people that first and foremost come to you. And say, God, we want to give you a chance to do something first. We want to give the Holy Spirit a chance to bring glory to God, to build our faith and to build the faith of those around us by letting you bring healing into our physical bodies. So, Father, we just ask that right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. And, Father, I pray for the next seven days when we leave this place, God, in the next seven days, I pray that every person, every single person in this room that knows who you are, every one of us, give us an opportunity to tell somebody about the goodness of God who doesn't yet understand that. In the next seven days, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rightio. Well, thank you. Um, Guys, have a a, a safe trip home. Don't have to leave straight away. Um, Like I said, if you've got questions and jazz, feel free to contact me throughout the week. I'm not saying I've got all the answers. I just gave you all my questions. I'm still working it all out too. But I do know that God is a healing God, and I do know that that we have more to offer the world than just a bunch of words about a dead prophet. Amen? We've got more to offer the world. So have a great week. We'll catch you next week.